All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello. And we have Katya with us. Hi. And we're starting a new segment. Is uh, Did we even watch the same movie where we're going to find some articles, some comments, some reviews uh, about a film and decide if they're good takes or bad takes and uh, just decide, did we even watch the same movie? And the movie we're talking about is Men. This is kind of a little companion piece to the review we already did. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. A little new format, a little fun new thing to do. I do want to make a quick shout out to uh, Laura's Horror Sounds. That's uh, where we got the uh, music to start this episode off. So go ahead and uh, check out her channel. We're going to link it in uh, the description below. Uh, and with that, we're going to start. And so I have a really interesting quote from Alex Garland. And talking about interpretations of, his, of this movie, um, Alex Garland is the director. And he says, I've heard interpretations of this film from different people who are perfectly intelligent and reasonable that are wildly different by 180 degrees. And that it's not really a reflection on the film, it's a reflection of them. Which I think is wrong in parts. <laughs> that because... sounds like a backhanded way to say like, I'm glad you have this interpretation, but it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, they're, they're the ones that are messed up, not me. Like, I think the thing is, it's like, he just doesn't seem to understand that it's all of it's reflexive. Like, it, these opinions aren't coming out of anywhere. They're reactions to the things he created. But I think it's like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's like um, a good place to start with. Like, this is going to be a movie where we're going to find hopefully wildly different takes on it i mean we've talked about some of them already i can't wait to find more controversial ones i found all of all of the ones i found the most controversial are from alex garland so (laughs) that's so odd yeah so i can't wait to get into that yes so uh alex garland one of uh, calvin's favorite filmmakers um the first one i found is by uh, ty burr and this is from uh, rotten tomatoes it says the movie's a broad brush wielded by a visionary what is your take on that? <laughs> I don't. I I think they're being modest to the term broad. Um, Do visionaries <laughs> use broad brushes? Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, when they're trying to be broad. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like, well, you know, like, Da Vinci, known for his very uh, um, his broad brush, yeah, yeah. His, his, his broad his lack stroke. of detail. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like he's he's both so broad and really specific in ways that don't make sense. Um, when we need clarity, it's not there. And when you, um, and when things are too vague uh, or, and when things are uh, not vague enough, it's not interesting. Like he doesn't know how to balance those things. He uses broad strokes when details required and detailed visions, uh, images when we need explanations, we need, we need those broad strokes. So I don't know if I call him a visionary. I, he's, I mean, what the thing is, is he cut his teeth as being a novelist and a screenwriter. He's very good at that. Um, he doesn't understand how to really put them into, into the camera. I kind of, I kind of tend to agree with that. I think uh, of the three films that he's done that I've seen, I think they'd all make really good books. One of yeah. them is actually already a book. Annihilation was written by James Vandermeer <laughs> and he adapted the, and he wrote the screenplay for it. But it's like pretty different from the book. So it felt like mm. more inspired by instead of uh, like a recreation. But I would tend to agree with that because he's written all three of his movies, uh, Ex Machina, Annihilation, and now Men. And so I, I would tend to agree. I, like, I, I don't think the concept is bad. I don't think like the idea is bad. I think it's all pretty interesting and intriguing. But I just think 
there are parts of this movie that I definitely thought were lacking visually. So I think the idea that maybe he doesn't know how to transfer whatever's in his mind's eye onto screen, I think that's a, a legitimate criticism. And out of all of us, I'm the one who likes James Gar- uh, uh, sorry Alexander Garland's movies the most. So I, if I'm saying that, I think that means a little more than Calvin being critical of someone he's already been critical of. Yeah, <laughs> I've already set myself up as someone whose opinion I guess you shouldn't care about no, if but you I, like him. I, I agree with that take. Yeah, and I think that's it's. Um, I need to look up who uh, whose quote this is, but there's a, a famous quote that we talked about a lot in film school, and it's this idea of uh, uh, an idea being born on, in in the mind and then dying on paper, and then being reborn in film. And I think that's such a great way to explain the creative process as it goes through iterations. It's different things at different places um, in development, and it can. It can change drastically from uh, one moment to the next because you're adapting your own idea. That's really what. That's really the 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 theory behind um, uh, most art, but especially film, because it's a reflection of life. So you have this idea of what things are going to be because these are the things you feel and see, and then putting them on screen, they're completely different. Uh, they're received differently than how you thought they were because they're. There's so much built up into the person that you are, and which is funny that he keeps that again that he said that like it's not a reflection of the film, it's a reflection of them. Like what? <laughs> Go back to writing books, man. Like you don't. Do <laughs> <laughs> but that's like I mean that's a crappy thing to say. It's like well I'm reacting to what you made. Yeah. So and everyone's saying you're tepid. <laughs> that's the review i have <laughs> what is this it just says oh i lost it but it just ended with <laughs> quite tepid <laughs> there's a couple good ones i found a review that said uh the finale fizzles and doesn't simmer what do you guys think about the finale of the film compared to that comment my thought is that I, I think fizzle and simmer are both kind of bad things if you want sort of a extravagant over-the-top finale, which is what I think this movie is. I think it, it has a very visually over-the-top finale. So I don't think it simmers, and I also don't think it fizzles. So what do you guys think of that comment? Does it squirt? <laughs> that would have been, been a better way to do it. Yeah. The end of this film does not squirt. <laughs> um uh. I think I know what they mean by simmer. Um, I think that the danger was gone. The the moment that he gets out of the, that mm. Jeffrey or the green man gets out of the car and his foot breaks, he's not really a threat anymore. It, it changes from uh, your typical horror movie in more to the psychological representation of all of these things. And that's the whole crawling birth thing. It's, it's this very pathetic looking creature. And all of the pretense of danger is gone now. And I think the difference between a simmer and a fizzle is that when you finally take the lid off of it, does it taste good? And I don't, I don't think it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, to me, I thought the finale of this movie was trying to be more like baked Alaska or fajitas. It's something that's coming out hot. You know, it's, it's trying to get you. So, so to me, both fizzle and simmer would not be good ways to describe this. Does it does it reach fajita level of uh, of heat coming out? Well, I think you're kind of right where it's like the danger's gone, but I but I don't think simmer or fizzle are a good way to describe the end of this. Yeah. That was kind of my trouble with the uh, that review there. Yeah, I think yeah you're you're saying sizzle, 
with the the fajitas. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think sizzle might be. A, oh, oh, sorry, I said sizzle. I meant fizzles. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then yeah. when you're when you're you're uh, conjuring up ideas of yeah, fajitas, like oh, they're sizzling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you describe a fajita as? A rib- riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma, all scrawled in crayon. Because <laughs> that's, that's how they this, this person described it. <laughs> what is the name? We have to give him a shout out. That's like that's really good. Oh my goodness! Sorry, can you read that one more time? Oh, this is the end of it. Um, I'll read the whole thing. It says, "With men, the British filmmaker is stubborn, stubbornly needling his audience with a never-ending barrage." of points yet in questions that he has neither the inclination nor intention of vaguely addressing or even thinking through on his own terms. Dude, then what? is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma all scrawled in crayon. <laughs> that's that's like the best review for this movie. <laughs> we can quit go. our channel and <laughs> let this guy have the internet. That's great. We spent yeah, like two hours recording and he did it in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> that's he perfect. did it. He did a good uh, job. That's the that's the level of writing. That's the type of journalism we need to <gasps> aspire to. Is that snappy? Yeah, how is that snappy? <laughs> well, and I feel like part of the trouble looking through a lot of these reviews are, are people are just trying to sound really smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Well, I don't know about you if if that's something that how <laughs> you try. That's, that's not. Well, a, that's, that's not Calvin's that's personal not a, problem. That's not a reflection of you. That's a reflection <laughs> of me. My point is like it's superlative and adjective after adjective and there's a common between each word and it is like troubling to read like that because yeah, people don't talk that way. Mm-hmm. And so like reading these comments formatted in that way, it, it like it, it becomes so unreadable. And so I think it ends up making you sound dumb and not like you're very smart just because you have a thesaurus doesn't make you like intelligent. Yeah, there's definitely a razor's edge where, <laughs> okay, you, you know, and once I transcribe everything you're saying yes i do need to go through that to find out that you're an idiot yes so there's a level of protection that uh that rhetoric offers people that are good at sounding smart yeah but yeah i think that that's one of those ones that's so poignant that it can it has all of this flowery language in what they're saying but it's so incisive it it gets to the exact point that we the problem that we have like does it Ultimately, like if you're if you're drawing in crayon, what what type of smart person uses crayon? I think that that sums up everything that uh, that's like. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to sharpen a crayon, Calvin, so you can use it anywhere, anytime. Number one. But the idea that the idea that you're trying to have like big ideas or maybe a commentary and but it's just executed in this like kind of haphazard way i think it's more what the point is yeah yeah Yeah. no 100 percent. i just wanted to give you i wanted to give a shout out to crayons because they're all right in general like in real life it's it's not it's not a reflection of crayons (laughs) exactly (laughs) we're gonna get comments from the uh professional crayon coloring league and they're gonna be like check out my art yeah we're gonna get sponsored by crayon i love that comment i have another one um Despite its hallucinatory finale, men is not really an examination of spousal guilt or women's fearful psychology. Uh, plus, it's too absurd uh, to substantiate the media's fascination with toxic masculinity. Which is weird because I feel like that's every comment I see. It's like, oh, dumb liberals making movie about how men bad. You know, how men bad. <laughs> so, but that's also from. It sounds like a lot of people that haven't seen the movie. But I think it's it's an overwrought metaphor. I think that the is the point i think it's the only thing that he says in the entire movie um 
So I don't think it's too weird to not get that point. I think it gets weird in the end. It's like, is that really all it means? Um, right. I I think it's pretty overt with its toxic masculinity. And we talked about what, before recording this is like that phrase has just like become a meme where people just say it when they kind of want to win the argument and end it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a big part of like internet culture. And mm-hmm. you're either uh, hidden behind anonymity or you can just exit out of the window and leave that comment and be done. Yeah. But if you want to use that term in like a real conversation, I feel like it's such a crappy way to make your point. And so I understand this comment and, and I do think there's a media fascination with that term, but, but I don't think it's a really, I don't think it's like the best way to describe this movie. Yeah. Cause it's also the, the, the problem with the term is it's a pop psychological reference. It's not an academic term. So you really have to establish yourself as an authority of what you're saying. Like the moment you say that you've, you've, uh, fallen prey to the, the buzzword baggage that comes along to, with the word, like m- what everyone thinks of the moment you say that word is like, oh, well, what side of the uh, the aisle do you fall on? Oh, yeah, it instantly becomes mm-hmm. a political argument. Yeah, yeah. and it's then that's something totally different. Like they're not even trying to grapple with your argument; they're trying to see whether they agree with you as a person or not. And that is a very different thing. Like if you want to have a good conversation, you just kind of need to stay away from words like that because yeah. the moment you say one of them, it's uh, it's it's a fight about uh, ideals. Uh, underlying all politics and that's that's why i think this movie kind of stays away from like trying to say that it's about toxic masculinity it's uh it's about other things that are very real but i don't think it wanted to characterize itself as that i think it's too much of a blanket term to to like really address a real issue which i feel like this movie is i i think this movie is about uh men blaming women for their problems it's it's a, a victim like it's men trying to play the victim which yeah. I, I suppose but like also the tradition of the, yeah. the tradition in history which I, I suppose falls under the like fake uh, psychosis of to- toxic masculinity yeah or not not fake but the uh, what was the word uh, I, I, the social meaning for toxic masculinity but I think that this movie is trying to be more specific than just saying like like Calvin said men bad I think I think it's trying to pick one or two things to to cover, and I think that if you want to make an argument, then that's how you do it. You you pick something and then you discuss it rather than just say men bad. Yeah, and so I'm going to turn all of that on its head because I don't even think it's saying that. <laughs> and it's so this is one of the comments that I have a big problem with. It's from Alex Garland. Uh, <laughs> 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 this dude needs to get out of his own way because I thought this movie was fine. I thought yeah. it was fine. Yeah. I think it's fine on its own. Like but he's actually making, he's actively making it worse. Exactly. For me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. So uh, he um, apparently watched Attack on Titan with his uh, daughter, um, and Attack on Titan is a really interesting um, anime that uh, deals with like the humanoid que- creatures that are just like all sorts of uh, different body shapes and weird like they have like triangle shaped heads and like they They are they are uncanny valley in like the most perfect horrifying way yeah they're they're like big mouths and grins and it's just it's a very creepy 
look to those creatures. Yeah, and exactly. So so he saw all of that, and uh, he was like, I was looking at the way the creatures in Attack on Titan, which all have human forms are represented, and I was thinking, this is so strange and inventive, and I'm just being lazy. And uh, he says, this body horror transformation thing, I'm too familiar with this. I know how it'll end up looking. Attack on Titan takes naked human forms and does something really interesting by not doing very much. And it was that. And so that like that then leads into this next part about the topic of regarding men and toxic masculinity. And he notes, it's a bit like the, the Attack on Titan thing. The answer is less good than the question. Honestly, I wanted to write a horror movie about a sense of horror. I knew I wanted to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you're going to write a horror, a horror movie, movie, it should about. have a sense of horror. Yeah. I, I understood the sense of horror, and I thought a horror movie is an interesting way to investigate that. <laughs> what the fuck? Was he like on drugs? Did he go to butt drugs? <laughs> so I don't think this is about toxic masculinity. It's about a sense of fear. And what better way than to harness yeah. the fact that men bad. Which is so interesting. Dude, that quote sounds like it was yeah. written in crayon. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking, like, you do get a lot of like, it's interesting that a lot of the full reviews I've read, only a few of them talked about grief or about the like unsettling aspects. The rest were like masculinity, men, what's the birth, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's like, I, I think, um, well, there's one other one that I th- thought I saw. Yeah, men reminds us, men are, or men reminds us men are awful while kind of forgetting women. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right there. That's kind of the, the, the problem is like, she wa- we want her to feel like a real person, right? But she's really just an archetype and it's really just about like... Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that my characterization of the birth scene is a is a better idea of like this how we pass on um, these negative traits and these negative um, perceptions of women. That that seems more like what this movie is actually talking about. But we spend a lot of time on like the grief stuff and like all of that. Um, so I don't really know. Yeah, who is this movie really for? Who is it about? And because it it actively forgets the fact that like. Because if it's who the if victim it's, is, if it's going to be yeah. about Harper, I think she needs to have a better closure at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where I I was tracking this movie really well, and and even the birth scene, I was like, okay, this is like an Alex Garland thing. He does weird body horror stuff in his movies, and he has these really big sensationalized scenes, usually towards the climax of his films, and they're really long, and you wonder like, is this ever going to end? Uh, I think that's part of his charm, and it can also be a negative. Mm-hmm. But there's no; it doesn't feel like there's a payoff to this movie. It, if if it's supposed to be about Harper and like her realization, because even my theory of the birth was like she's confronting her husband, and now she's going to view men differently because it turns out her trauma is what led to this idea that like all men are predators, all men are out to get her. Mm-hmm. She's always uh, the reason for uh, their problems; like they're always the victim because of her. Well, like you kind of undo a lot of that when like this character doesn't get the closure at the end of it. And so that's why you're saying it's like a movie that forgot about women. And I kind of agree with that because like if it's supposed to be about her, well, then why didn't she like, yeah, why why doesn't she get the gold star at the end of this movie? She doesn't. Yeah. And here's another thing. Uh, Per the film's press notes, um, Kinnear, Rory Kinnear, (laughs) says the green man. Tearing into like (laughs) all the actual like any literature that's out there to like take down 
like the producer or director of this film like you're gonna go for uh-huh. so this leads this this continues with the idea that it forgets the women um uh in the movie it per the film's press notes Kinnear says the green man in homage to the mythological figure represents the rebirth people need after grief making the ending a literal play on that concept except the only thing that keeps getting rebirthed are men mm-hmm. and all of their negative traits so again like you completely forgot who the purpose of rebirth is for why they came out there in the first place why why show this character um continually being made into something else if the whole point of it is for her and it's because they forgot about the point of it Mm -hmm. hey listen to this calvin oh this this article might make you feel happier because it says I'm uh, pretty worked uh, up right now, so hopefully Alex Garden <laughs> wants to strictly write and may stop directing. Oh wow, yeah, that's because he's not <laughs> he, he's quote not really a film director. I'm a writer who directs out of convenience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no shit. Like yeah. finally, someone just said it. <laughs> Tired feeling like a fraud. That's <laughs> what he said. Uh, he's like, I've got so many other reasons to feel like a fraud. <laughs> I don't need my job to be okay. I like him. I like him. I I like him all the time. The the, the level of self awareness is like again. At least he knows. If I if I had to rank this out of the three films he's done, this would be the worst one. Because I do, I really like Annihilation, and I really liked Ex Machina. So I don't think he's like outright terrible. No, and I think the other thing is too is like if I if I ever made it to the point where I could be a film director, and these were the movies that I was able to make, I would still say that like I I was you know. It would make sense because I have a lot of problems with this exact thing, uh, trying to overrepresent some things and not make some things clear enough, and then ultimately bungling the entire point of my film. That was a that was a a recurring theme in my own student career. <laughs> I love your use of the leaf. word bungling. We don't hear that very yeah. often. So. So yeah, I think that that it's not like he's not a successful director. It's not that he's he's uh, good. I say things that are very very critical because I mean, when you get to that point, you're giving that given that much money. Um, I think there's uh, we put some of these people on pedestals they don't deserve to be on. There's some directors that earn that, and we just think that like oh, they directed a movie. They're all kind of equal. You say pedestal. This movie had a fifteen million dollar budget. I mean, he's not <laughs> directing Avengers Endgame. That's that's true. And I think it's fair to be like, I think he has made films that fit into like whatever niche or budget provided. I don't think he was saddled with some movie with some outrageous budget and like totally flubbed it. I, I think, think Annihilation that, had a huge budget, though. This is where we're going to differ. I, I think Annihilation is good. So. Yeah, it's if 40 to 55 million. That's I mean, that's not anything to sneeze at. That's, you know, 2018 money, which is like uh like 150 billion now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of living has gone up so much. <laughs> but no, um, but, but, and, and that movie, that movie was totally, uh, I would say the studio bungled how they handled it. So that movie got released on mm. Netflix in like Canada and almost every other country. It only got a theatrical release in the States because the studio after. Did it even get a theatrical yeah. release i thought it just came out on netflix no it was uh so people were using like vpns because they were like well i'm not gonna pay to like go see it in theaters because i can just i can just watch it on canadian netflix but it got it it's only th- i think one of the only places that it got its theatrical release was the united states and so this is just a movie that like the studio instantly had no confidence in 
which I don't think is you're going to say that's because Alex Garland made a bad movie. I will just say it's because of studio meddling. Yeah. And, and part of the reason it wasn't very successful is because it, it got like zero advertising for it. It's weird how they say like, okay, like, let's just say that we take the lower end of that bound and it's $40 million. Who makes a $40 million movie? I'm like, just don't have a lot of faith in this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so what, weird to me. You can't release it like that. Like if you're going to follow the, sh- the, the sunk ship fallacy, like just follow it all the way through at least once it's made, then just, um, put in a, a budget for, um, actually advertising it. I mean, you're going to make more money back. Like that's, that's where, um, the value of putting money into a budget is going to exceed, um, uh, the actual cost of it because you know you make a you make an expensive movie and you spend a lot of money on like vfx shots those things don't have a high uh return on investment but if you want to try and make sure that your movie doesn't fail advertise the crap out of it right because you know that there's no way that you're going to spend it there's no way that the advertising money doesn't make itself back at least well because the the big idea is that um like your big budget movies it's whatever the budget is, and then you add that budget back in, and that's the advertising. So if you make like a $200 million movie, like an Avengers movie or a, a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. they probably also spent that same amount on advertising. And then you get Spider-Man that goes and makes like a billion dollars. So, mm-hmm. And it's because it's, I mean, it's Spider-Man, yeah, but it's also advertised. And Men and Annihilation and Ex Machina were not in the same category as terms of uh, advertising, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. That Attack on Titan one was really good. I don't understand Alex Garland anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you're like tearing down like my perception of these films that I have, I've genuinely liked for a long time. And it doesn't really change that I like them. I mean, I watched them again today and I, I still like them. But now I'm like realizing like, why did... Why did I read so much more into this? Yeah. And I felt like I thought that there was a lot more going on in these movies than was probably there. And like just getting more background on the director and kind of how he sounds like he doesn't. Well, he's like asking a lot of questions himself. Yeah. He's it's like, like doesn't want to answer. He's like, I don't like super get it either. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at this article now with him and he's just like uh, talking about the green man and. Then he started thinking about the idea of one actor. I cannot stop thinking of Charlie actor. Day every time you guys say that. <laughs> I cannot stop. So he like wanted to make the, then he was like, oh, then they're all going to be the same guy. What does that imply? What question is raised? She never notices it. Or is it that they're all the same and she doesn't notice? Or does she see them all the same, even though they're different? <laughs> Wait, so he doesn't know what he made? Yeah. He's like, that's the sort of question I want to float without answering. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if he, he knows. He just is being uh, intentionally obscure. Let me play devil's advocate here. You write an obscure, ambiguous story. Mm-hmm. You read that, you watch it, and you're like, you just want to absorb it and make it your own. I think a movie yeah. works in that way. I, I wanted to. I had a frustrating outburst a minute ago. But I think that that's not entirely wrong to just be like, hey, I'm going to make a thing that just puts a lot of questions out there yeah I agree. and then and then i and then i let the i let the interpreter decide mm-hmm. what you're what you're getting and i don't think there's anything wrong with that if that's the intention of this film i think you kind of fucked it up because you made it you, you <laughs> like beat us over the head with what with like so many visuals and, and and the movie's just set up to like really tell you what it's about so mm-hmm. if you want to make the ending ambiguous and like hey viewer's choice 
Well, they need to make the whole movie I think that the way. The whole thing should be a little more confusing. So that's yeah. my that's my issue with that. Yeah, yeah. and that's what Take I mean by the 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 broad strokes when fine details needed is he doesn't understand when and use each brush because he's a writer. Um, I think those are all great questions to be posed in a book. Um, visually representing that um, that so type obvious. of yeah, yeah, visually representing that uh, that type of confusion, that type of ambiguity is not given over to the idea of using the same actor for all of them because there is no ambiguity. Then it is she is not reacting to them, so they all either appear the same way or it's just not weird to her. And those are different things than the idea that she just sees all men the same, right? Because if she had just like if she just treated all men the same and they all looked different, that's different. Mm-hmm. That creates nuance within her own character, and that's where this movie forgets um, about the women. It's all it's too concerned about making it about these weird men that all look the same. Right, right. I feel like I'm oscillating so much between comments right now. It's like <laughs> I hate Alex Garland, and then I'm like, okay, no, but also no, he's but doing like maybe okay. it's okay. And yeah, no, this is. <laughs> I, I like hearing other people's takes. It, it riles me up and then it calms me down at the same time. <laughs> oh, here's a great one. Uh, sometimes I think, oh God, I dug myself in some weird conceit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. I get scared of not taking the chance that someone else is giving you, you know? Uh, this is an obligation to push boundaries. But yeah, so I think that's the thing. It's like he understands that he dug himself into a weird conceit hole. Or a slit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I have one more. Uh, men is upsetting in most of the best possible ways. Short, profound, maybe. But a splendid example of how plumbing the depths of past mythology can yield meaningful modern-day messages. Now someone do a deep fake where the, all the faces are Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't think that, I mean, you didn't really need to plumb that deep for uh, mythology. You didn't really even need to use the green man. I think there was a lot of um, inherent qualities of the images that they were using. It was this idea of rebirth and regrowth uh, just from the things that we saw. Um, I don't think you need it to be mythological. I mean, the movie was explicit in its visualization of a man with a leafed face. And it's Eden. But but unless you went up and looked it up, you wouldn't know what that meant. I mean, it's not it's not built into the context of the film that this is the green man. Explicitly, it's just, it's, it's just that uh, image on the on the podium on the yes. pedestal. And I think people that have seen it more would just get it. Yeah, because like so a lot of these actors are like, oh yeah, I see that all over the place, and now I see it all over the place times three because we did this movie. Right, and that's Which how primordial yeah. images work, and that's the whole idea between behind like why you show things that are. Um, you know, in tunnels and trees and flowers and grass, all of that stuff is um, working by the process of montage to uh, evoke those ideas. Because the more we see things that are growing, the more we're, we're talking about someone who is there to start over. You don't need all of the other stuff. You don't really even need any of the men. This could have been a very, a very normal movie and made its conceit, a, its point a little bit more eloquently i don't know i still like all the creepy stuff i like all the creepy <laughs> stuff but yeah i think that the, it went a little too hard and lost itself especially kind of finding out the births are not 
they're very shallow in yeah, their meaning. They're not even like so. To it's the like, thing. well, then why? Do you, then, then it's like they don't even need to be in the movie. Then no. Which is kind of how I felt when I was watching. I was like, this isn't. This isn't gonna mean anything, is it? <laughs> yeah, I remember watching it and thinking gratuitous, and yeah. and if if it's just there for its own sake, then I I don't think it really needs to be in the movie. Yeah, but the, it's just kind of his style. It's just kind of a thing he does at the end of his movies. He's like, mm-hmm. time for the big thing that I do. Yeah. yeah. Once the feet came out of the mouth, I was like, this is this literally means nothing then. <laughs> yeah. So to end this off, I have one last comment I found. Great director. Uh, has put nothing up but absolute bangers. Never stop. I can't believe I get to witness these films. And that is titled by Connor. <laughs> oh, I still haven't changed my mind. I, 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 I still think he is, like I said, this is like t- towards the bottom. Uh, this is the bottom of his three films. But I, I really like Annihilation and Ex Machina. So. Yeah, and I won't. <laughs> Despite I your won't, persuasion. I won't hold it against you. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's a reflection of you. <laughs> I think it's, it's a reflection of those movies. And you're and the women that raised you. I think you think I'm the <laughs> I'm the personification of writing in crayon to you. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> this is an audio format. We don't use crayons. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I just I still can't get over that one article you read about he was like, yeah, it's it's horror, and so I wanted it to feel like horror. And so then I wrote it like horror I it because I felt it needed to be horror. Because I felt that'd be the, that's the best vehicle for horror is horror. <laughs> and so I wanted to evoke the sense of horror. That's amazing to me. Alex Garland needs to stop talking. He's to the own detriment of Unless his filmmaking like, career. He, he thinks it's hilarious. He actually did think of the, the ending as being kind of wryly funny with, it, with men just popping up like... <laughs> Because it was like both parts gruesome and uh, celebratory. And it's like, men. <laughs> and that's a really bad joke, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I. This movie definitely has its problems. Uh, but this is a fun segment to do. I like going through and reading these. I, I like to sprinkle them in every once in a while in our reviews. Like, I find like a good review or like an IMDb review that has like the wrong take on a movie. And then we kind of discuss it a little bit further. But I like this format. You know, it's like, did we even watch the same movie? Yeah. We didn't even talk about the one comment I saw where it said, this is the future that liberals envision where <laughs> oh, yeah. they erase all white men. I don't even think, and that dude was just a troll looking at that whole thing. He was saying things left and right about whatever buzzword he wanted. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's, the, that that's was not a... one that I needed to engage in because it was not serious. And the response was, what if they all identify as females? <laughs> Well, and then I think it's a shit take because Alex Garland yeah. has also been like, I don't even really know what this movie's about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for being on as always, Calvin and Katya. Thanks for having you back. Uh, with that, you can find our podcast on any platform like Spotify or Apple Music. We also upload all these to YouTube. Uh, let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we're doing wrong in the comments. And with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>